0: Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Party has boarded Cainhurst's ship, pursued by enemies. Atticus and Cora found the armory stripped of weapons. Eli and Kotar tried and failed to activate the ship's weapons, while Valentine and Morgan found the Psyche's quarters which were a scene of madness of their own. Can these heroes find answers before they're overrun by Tyranids? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy.
2: From the design notes of the dream of flight. <laughs> well, defenses. Look, all I'm saying is that if we really have to prepare to be boarded, then me and my retinue really haven't been doing our jobs, then have we? <laughs> we'll be fine. Inquisitor Kanehurst.
0: I hate that guy.
2: <laughs> um there's something kind of magical about the sound of like rain on a tin roof or or on on metal. It can be very soothing. Uh, in the grim darkness of the future where there's only war, that sound exists too, but it's not rain so much as it is uh, lasgun fire pinging off the uh, the sides of the dream of flight. Um, you are holed up inside Inquisitor Kanehurst's ship, uh, Valentine. You and Morgan have. Found uh, the remains of Devram Narl, uh in his his quarantined off quarters. Um, some kind of psych event seems to have occurred, but from what you read of the, uh, the the notices and writs that have been placed outside, they all seemed very generic. Um, and as you'll recall, almost like uh, almost like broad generalizations of what you think. Like if you know it's psychery, but you don't really know why, you're kind of like bleh, bad. So're you're, you're uncertain exactly what's happened there uh Eli um you and um our our, our tinkerer friend um made your way up to the uh, the bridge of the ship only to find yeah. that uh, the Mercy for the pure uh, is draining the ship's battery ever so slightly um but enough to to really kind of fuck with the systems that said uh, you were able to lock the ship down um, and seal the doors basically for for space flight uh, in order to Uh, slow down any potential boarding actions. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Atticus, you, and Cora went to uh, investigate the situation in the armory and found that uh, all relevant weapons had been taken aside from some antiques that kind of fit the decor, uh, which makes sense given the amount of firepower that's being poured into the the hull of the ship right now. Um, That is where you find yourselves. Um, There's uh, obviously the the pinging of things. You can hear uh, plasma weapons uh, charging up outside uh, soon to fire, uh, Valentine. Uh, you and uh, Rawls are in uh, Devram Rawls' quarters, and again, there's just that overwhelming smell of incense. Um, the it's the room is covered in paper. Um, you can see that it's not all blank scrolls. Um, the uh, pages of books have been torn out and written over, uh, and it is. Uh, it's probably a site that isn't unfamiliar to you as an inquisitor because this is the kind of stuff that when people's minds start to slip a bit as often happens in in the the annals of the inquisition um this sort of mania and and sort of frenzied obsessive writing is is definitely uh a symptom of of some dark uh purposes um that said, you've just found the body, as we described last session. His uh, body is desiccated in kind of a, uh, a, a mummy-esque way. He's clearly been in the sealed room for a long time. Um, the skull has a giant sort of grin, a rictus grin, mm. uh, and is like arms out, laid back, kind of like, uh, almost like he's in a hot tub. Like it's that kind of level of of uh, of like slouch, comfortable slouch on on his couch. Um, with uh, the the smiley face and the lettering, um, you're also experiencing um, some kind of uh, effect similar to the visions you've seen in terms of your your optics being fucked with a little bit, and just um, uh, a sense of, of um, vertigo almost. Like you're just your stomach is kind of constantly a little off. Uh, and you almost feel like you're falling forward or backward, standing in this this room. Um, you don't, you're not taking damage, or you're not even taking strain. But um, if it wasn't for your conditioning and that skill that always lets you drop setbacks, um, you feel like you'd be having just physical effects. It's not like anything is plucking at the edges of your brain. Um, that said, Morgan, you definitely felt something, uh, tap, 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 at the the edge of your consciousness, uh, which wasn't great. Uh, so, you know, good times in the cabin. Uh, you're both standing there. What do you do?
3: Valentine will take out his auspex, uh and activate Eugene. And he just wants to get as many photographs and scans of this scene exactly as it is. Because everything in here is probably going to have to be taken out of here real fucking quick. <laughs> but he wants to know if there's any importance in the ways the pages are laid out. Uh, and while he's just getting his, like, general kind of forensic recording, uh, he wants to see, he's he's looking around to see if there's anything obviously like runes if there's some sort of little altar if there's something because if this psyker is dead a psyker's dead body is unlikely to cause this level of psychic confusion it could be imprinted on the place and that could be it but there may also just be like oh he painted this thing on the wall or oh there's this weird circle of bullshit over here
2: yeah i like that so let's go uh forbidden lore i think although we could probably make the case for um investigate. Would perception one? work? Because um, I don't think investigation is a no, thing. No, so. it's not in this game. It's a different <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I tooled that perception because I
3: thought, eh, it feels like it might be the investigate, but I could.
2: Yeah, perception's fine. I would take perception or forbidden lore. You can, cool. you can pick your poison and it depends on what, how Valentine would be looking for it. I think it's forbidden lore if you're kind of like quickly scanning things to read them. If it's just a quick like, you know, Arkham Batman investigation right-click the right stick to get a quick flash
3: of the scene. Yeah, I think that's it. Because, like, <laughs> if, he, if he sees something that's causing these physical symptoms, he's destroying that. He's not keeping that. Yeah, fair that's enough, not fair something enough. he yeah, can yeah, fuck yeah, with cool. on his own time. Uh, what are, What's
2: my difficulty, Tom? Um, I'm going to say, given that uh, you're trying to do this quickly, um, and it's... This seems like almost like a crime of convenience to me in terms mm-hmm. of, like, if there's a totem, you want to smash it, but you you know there's other things afoot. So I'm going to say difficulty. Uh, let's go three. three. I was going to say four, but I feel like it's, yeah, three is fine for this. Um, in terms of setback, you would have the one that gets knocked away from your conditioning. You have your auspix, so we'll say that's, I think, two boost probably. Uh, oh, actually, how much of the auspix would be tied up in Eugene's scans? I feel like a lot of it. I mean, they're they're two separate things. So if they're linked, we could say they're linked, I guess. Um, well, see, okay, so if Eugene is doing this... Uh, sorry, if you're using the auspics to just kind of investigate the room and Eugene is doing the scans of the room, then we can call them completely separate things. Great, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so then I'll give you two boosts for the auspics. Um, and I'll give you one boost just for general instinct on this, I think. Okie dokie. Um... And I believe our story point situation remains unchanged. We haven't really touched those, so it's three and yep. two in your favor. Yeah. Uh, I don't need a story point for this, and so let's just see what happens. Sure.
3: Five success,
2: two threat.
1: Hey,
2: yeah. All right. Um, so you're quickly able to determine that uh, of the two situations you described, it's uh, the the latter that um, it or the former, the former. Uh, there's an imprint. Uh, I forget which one you said first. There's like the room <laughs> imprint. Yeah, it's the yeah. room imprint. It's it, just, there's okay, definitely a room more. imprint. Um, and uh, it almost, to you, it, it's like lingering. The, the, the smell of smoke in a room where someone was a smoker for a long time. It's just like a lingering psionic scent uh, that has permeated the space. Um, that said, uh, the smiley face and don't worry, be happy. Um, you almost get a bit of an afterglow. Uh, as you look around like an after image, if you get like you know the, the f- a flash bulb or something and y- your eyes kind of track it as you you look away. Um, of course, like Valentine, you are aware that this is not something that your eyes are physically transmitting. It is something that your brain is is envisioning. That said, it's not like the psionic energy is pulsing off of that. Like if you like wipe that off the wall, it's not like the psychic energy goes away. It's just something uh, seemingly of, of significance and power. And actually five successes, if there was like a shrine or anything, it's kind of him uh, at this point. It's like him in that wall. He has kind of become the shrine, even though there's no psychic power emanating off him. He's just a corpse.
3: Yeah. I think the moment he's got like the images of the area, is there a kit bag or something? Like a lot of these people got to be kind of like
2: up and good to go, like an over the shoulder bag or something like that? There should be. There isn't. Um, You you can probably find one empty uh, that's been kind of dumped out and discarded. The um the vibe you get from this place in Morgan, I think this would be very familiar to you. Uh, you see this in like a lot of cult compounds and stuff when people clear out uh, real quick, or like when people go in for the aftermath, and it's just like all of the things in this room that should have had significance to someone who was um, not experiencing any kind of major psychic effects or like having this whatever he was going through happen to them. Um, all of the stuff that is conventionally useful is ignored and kind of discarded and scattered around to make room for whatever he was doing with the paper. So like his go he, there is absolutely a go bag. It's been emptied out and anything that had paper in it has been taken out, ripped up and used for other stuff. But like you know, there is there's, there's like a you know, an old flask of water and like a couple of rations and a gun that are just not they're kind of like under you know, under the bed in a corner because they were just cast away as useless.
3: Morgan, could you do me a favor? And let's just say, loot the room. Anything written, anything recorded, anything technical, it all goes into the bag. Along with this, uh, and he's going to reach out with his power sword and just cut Deverum Gnarl's head off. And this, I don't know what Kotov can do with it. Let's find out. And he'll just hand it to her totally chill. Right. Morgan, how do you receive the head?
1: Morgan, it has been following valentine around the room like watching his back she swapped to her sidearm instead of the sniper rifle and at this point it's she hates being in here so it's like whatever she can do to do what he wants and get the fuck out of the room so yes inquisitor and taking the head and dumping it in the bag and then doing all the stuff running around as fast as possible
2: okay so Sorry, Ryan, did you have a? I was gonna say, there?
3: while she's doing that, Valentine would like to take his power sword and see if he can carve out a square around the psychic disturbance on the wall. And if he takes it down, does the disturbance go with the piece he's
2: carrying or does it stay there? Um in terms of the after image glow thing, it seems very much attached to So are you taking the whole the whole thing or just a chunk of it? The the don't worry, be happy. <laughs> yeah to, take to run
3: you through what Valentine's head is please is we have a bunch of people ready to storm this fucking place and if he can take this down and say lay it in a hallway they're gonna storm through and all of a sudden they all get vertigo while he shoots at them that seems really useful so if he takes down this sigil will he go on a walk with them or does he have to lure yeah, them into yeah, this yeah. room
2: uh, so uh, <laughs> you, you carve it and what I'll say is like the the after image glow travels with it so it seems to be tied to like the words in, and the, the blood paint um, but, uh, if you throw it out in the hallway and like poke nose out of the hall briefly, you still feel ill, but you get the sense that you're feeling ill from the room. Uh, again, the, mm. uh, the smoke metaphor is like pretty apt. It's there's, there's a psionic seepage in there. Uh, and admittedly Morgan was feeling the effects in the hall as well. So if you are looking for a choke point that might have some effects, this anywhere around this doorway is kind of fucked up.
3: Yeah, we um, want him to have to come past this door to us. Okay, then, yeah, he, he'll he'll log that strategically, but Morgan's been dumping stuff in a bag, so how's Morgan
2: doing? Uh, well, yeah, Morgan, <laughs> let's get you to roll on this because I think, again, there's like a difference between, like, grab and go is like a very, particularly when you're stressed, is like a weird thing. So I'm I'm going to make a case for, uh, I'm going to give you three options for this. You can either take survival, streetwise, or skullduggery. Because uh, I think each of them is likely a skill you, you have used for something similar to this. And I'm curious what you think Morgan is, is mm. into here.
1: Yeah. In this case, I would say that it's skullduggery. Because it she has in the past had to bug out of places very quickly. So I think even knowing where things are in the room or might be like getting down on her hands and knees and going under furniture and things like that. Just, okay, every corner, doing it from one corner to the other. Get out right. of here. <laughs>
2: okay awesome uh so this is gonna be difficulty three um i'm gonna give you a setback uh for the stress you're you're under um and just mm-hmm. the the general vibe of this room uh i'm gonna give you a setback for the fact that this isn't you're applying a panicked animal survival brain to a room that was literally the least concerned with animal panic and like biological necessity possible so it it's kind of fucking with you because everything that should be in a certain place for survival reasons isn't. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, I'm going to check out of the bed and you find a, like a gun in water and you're like, that's why is that? No, like this is where the secret stuff is. And then there's like, you know, a sack of emergency crowns and like a credit shit or something just like haphazardly stuffed in the sink. It just like the logic of it isn't there for you, which is fucking with your bug out uh, ability somewhat. Um, I'll give you a boost for just the fact that, like, Valentine is there. It means if anything mm-hmm. bad is coming, you have a Valentine between it and you, which gives you a little bit of, of peace of mind. Um, and then uh, I'll give you just a boost for for having done this a bunch. This is something yeah. you're you're good at. And you're good at in unfamiliar spaces, so being in familiar spaces is pretty good. Uh, um, we're at three and two still. Well, I was going to say, po- I would like to give you a story point. I don't know how okay. this affects
3: you, so I'd love to to hear it because it could be good or bad. But essentially, Valentine immediately trusted you with the key element of the whole mission you've been trying to do while he's paying attention to other things. And I don't know if that would affect you or how, but he's clearly been like, oh, the most important thing I need to do. You do that. I'm going to go check something.
2: Aw.
1: Aw. Morgan <laughs> yeah. will remember this. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'll, I'll take it. Hopefully we don't let Valentine down. Because, yeah, things are going better than they could have. All right. I'm gonna roll it. It's pretty even, but we'll see. Oof. Four successes, one threat.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm just tracking the three unspent threat that are just floating <laughs> around in the ether. It's so nice. The threat is just time moving forward while it we is do this.
1: True. Yeah, People are attacking us from outside. <laughs>
2: The threat is just having to remember that time you lived on the ship and you hated it. Also Um, (laughs) that. Therapy's really expensive in 40K. (laughs) Uh, It's made of pewter. They haven't figured out how to make plastic therapy yet.
3: This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty we can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless somehow people go to patreon.com/dumdumdice, with enough support perhaps they could stop us, but that will never happen. <laughs>
2: You're good at this. Also, again, the fact that it is so disorganized means you can kind of just, like, arm-sweep shit into a bag, mm-hmm. um, which is helpful. Uh, you're not having to open books and look for useful stuff. You're able to just... You're almost like a like a supermarket sweepstakes person. <laughs> you're just able to, like, pull shit into the bag as fast as you can. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this whole space feels off to you. Uh, also, like, you didn't encounter Debron Naro at all, but... Um, yeah. Like, nothing... Nothing about this feels right or good, and you're actually not really sure why Canehurst would have this guy, uh, let alone, like, what happened here.
1: Or, like, how long ago this happened, because she's been gone from them for five years, so it could be any number of time between then and now. That's a big question mark, too.
3: Does any of this look familiar to you? Are you recognizing anything as you go? He reaches, he's holding a giant piece of sheet metal and just like drops it in the hallway, <laughs> leans out and is like, ah, damn.
1: No, I mean, all of the quarters are the same, but I've never seen anything like this at all. She says, stuffing things in a bag on her hands and knees. <laughs> there
3: are many flavors of Inquisitor. Was Cainhurst one of those, oh, please, paint the walls in your blood, Inquisitor, so was he perhaps, one might say, a little more hardline mono
1: dominant. <laughs> like... I would say nicer. He he tried to pretend to be friendly, but he always seemed to have ulterior motives to me.
3: Yes, well, I'm afraid that's just an Inquisitor. That's not really any particular brand. Um, <laughs> d- d- was he a devout
2: fellow, or shall we say a bit more religiously flexible?
1: What would Morgan, you say, Tom? It,
2: it honestly <laughs> never came up, and that's kind of fucked mm. up now that you think about it, but... Um, in terms of like, I think I, I comped him to Tom Hanks in kind of just that like friendly Tom Hanksy way, he would generally like, in thinking about it, you never heard him really ever state clearly one way or the other. Um, admittedly, even though like on uh, Last Gleaming, you certainly heard about both sides. Um, like, again, the Eisenhorn books do a fantastic job of like giving you a rundown of like, here's all the different kinds of inquisitors you could run into, here's what they sound like, they're awful. Um, And I think you've heard secondhand cases of a lot of that. It just never really clicked until now that you you actually, like, <laughs> Valentine's gun to your head, you wouldn't be able to say because he never really talked about it, which is mm-hmm. in line with what you just said as well in terms of, like, the pretend friendliness. But um you never observed anything, like, openly blasphemous as you would define openly blasphemous. Like, you had your radar up for chaos cult shit
1: mm-hmm. because
2: of, you know, who you are and, and where you're from. Um, and it's not like, because I know, I, like, Ryan, I know what Valentine is asking specifically about like Deverell Marlon and everything else. Morgan, you never saw anything like this. Like there wasn't just, you know, oh, and also we have this one heretic, but don't worry, he's my heretic. Like, it's cool. Or like, there's just like a Damon host who like hangs out at the mm-hmm. bar. Like there wasn't any of that. At the same time, he wasn't walking around devoutly espousing like the value of hardline anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention it, uh, he wasn't very openly religious, but not against it. But this is this is far beyond anything that I thought he would be involved in whatsoever.
3: Yeah, so this was beyond him, but he wasn't religious. Well, that explains why he's dead. I'm going to see if there's <laughs> anyone else down this hallway in any of these rooms that could be useful. Perhaps someone set up something or left something behind. Just any symbols that could help clue me in on where this band was thinking.
2: Yeah, so um, Valentine, this tracks with what you read about the the Psyker, like the, the quarantine badge, like paperwork as well, which is, you know, if someone was bringing along a slightly unhinged Psyker and something went wrong, they wouldn't be like, oh shit, I don't know. Um, stock standard. Like fill in the blanks, heresy contract, they would know because you have literally done that with your party. Like you know who the dangers are. You've already assigned people to kill them as needed. Um, so yeah, it tracks that this doesn't seem like an active, I brought this guy along for this purpose and then he slipped. It it seems like psycher stuff goes wrong. Psych. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So Valentine, uh, you take off down the hall as Morgan, you continue to uh uh, to to just uh, you know stuff things in the bag uh, as as fast as you can. um and you know with with the amount of successes you rolled, um, I gotta say like it feels pretty good. it, it like okay. it it feels good to be getting this done because each armful you you pull into into the bag just like it, it's one <laughs> you know, it's one moment closer to to leaving.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, which feels great um until you notice that there's just like a broad smile on your face. Uh, and you're not really a smiley person. No. Uh, and it's somewhat alarming to you to find your face in that position, uh, kind of unknowingly, as you you continue to fill the bag. Um, Eli, uh, you're on the bridge. Um, as I said, there are minimal like the ship basically has like it's in power save mode. Yep. Um, so you know <laughs> the the lights are on. You're able to seal the doors. Um, you've got life wanted, support. Yeah, uh you've got minimal. Well, yeah, I, I think we could say you have minimal life support. Okay. Um It would be the the again, like since you're on emergency power, it's kind of the equivalent of like thin mountain air, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think probably when you sealed it, it likely switched to an in like an internally cycled air system. Mm-hmm. Um, so minimal life support uh, that said, um, although, uh, a lot of the, the sort of engine power stuff, you can't really fuck with that too much. Um, cause it's been very, very specifically rigged to work in a very specific way. Yeah. Um, there are other systems on the ship. You might be able to get active. We've established that like the weapons aren't really an option, but in terms yeah. of sensors and other things, there may be some tricks you can play or, uh, knowing how much fire is hitting the ship. Um, like you're getting all the, the appropriate alarm uh, systems about kind of like hull integrity and other things, uh, you could go join Atticus.
0: Um, can I get confirmation? Can I try with the sensors to like confirm what is attacking us?
2: Sure, yeah. Um. So let's go with a tech use. Yeah. Um you are hacking this, so I'm gonna go with difficulty three. Uh, okay. that said uh you do still have uh I believe two charges left in in Kotov. Or did you use one yeah. last yeah, because there there wasn't enough system to to use it on last time. So um if you want to jack up your uh one of your dice, basically yeah. it's like a free story point in this, uh, this yeah, kind I, of situation. Yeah, for sure. Great. Uh so you can use that. Um in terms of, uh, and I'll give you a boost just for again, it's a familiar ship. Like, yeah. There's been some, someone has clearly. I know tam- what to
0: look for. I know. Yeah, someone's
2: clearly yeah. tampered with it. Like, it's it's almost the equivalent of like they've installed an unfamiliar OS on it, but like, you know, where the. Also, I, I, <laughs> I'm horrified to think of what like an operating system in fucking 40K is like, <laughs> just like screaming digital skulls. It's like, would you like to select a different <laughs> screaming digital skull? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're familiar enough with these systems yeah. to know what to look for. Um anything else you would want to add or obviously not subtract, but Nah. Cool. Sounds about right. All right, let's kick it.
0: Four successes, baby.
2: Oh hell yeah. Um all right, so yeah, you're able to you, you discover uh uh Kotov is kinda like plugged in, he's like, huh, yeah, they uh that's that's funny. They they um they uh, didn't even bother to uh well, to look at this, they clearly don't care about uh, sensing anything. So, I mean, hooray for us. And, he, like, his finger, like, disjoints in a horrible way um, as he, like, clicks it through kind of modern times style through various gears and cogs and just clicks something and suddenly um, the old sensor screens pop back to life, Eli. Oh, and nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, just the 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 horrible like yellow on black glow of Imperium technology, but man, it just like yum yum yum. It's nice for something to be working on the ship the way you you Mm -hmm. remember it, Um, and it's it's a little bit like that sensor in Alien, but if instead of one blip, it was like um, uh, I believe the uh, correct terminology is a metric fuck ton of blips. Yep. So there's just like a a a swarm um, around you. Uh, That said, Eli, um, what's odd inside
0: the engineering.
2: Yeah, yeah, that have surrounded the Bay, um, yeah. surrounded the ship. Um, you are also getting like movement pings if we're kind of doing like the the full spread. Yep. Um, there's clearly movement on the floor above you. There's likely whatever these things are up there too. Um, what's odd for you um, on this arrangement is you've never really known Tyranids to hang back and fire. It's not that... Tyranids are incapable of that, but like their real strength is is up close and and clawing. Uh and it's very odd that there's like this vast number of of like enemy pings outside that are shooting yeah. last guns.
0: If it is, I would imagine it would be like they wouldn't be like full-on tyranids. They'd be like humans like on their way.
2: Brood brothers, as they can be called. Yeah, Brood Brothers, yeah, like like could be. Yeah, there's definitely been instances of that. Um they they'll often like I think it's gene stealers are like usually on their way. It's not uh there's one what am I thinking of here? Yeah, gene stealer hybrids are certainly a known thing. There's a lot of like people slowly being you know bioformed by tunes into stuff. Um So that's pr- the most likely thing for you. Um, but again, like the horror in your head wasn't that. It was like gene stealers and homogrants and things just like tearing through the halls. Like you had a very different yeah. experience of it, but it's within the realm.
0: Well, that doesn't tell me anything.
2: <laughs> but it was so successful. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Give me uh, more,
0: Tom. <laughs>
2: that's what you get that's what you get from using the scanners on a ship to determine if humanoid things are attacking it the answer is Fuck, man. there are a lot of things outside and they're shooting at you
0: all right well oh,
2: actually you know what no I can give you a bit more plasma starts to hit the outside uh, the um, uh, alarms if possible start to sound even more insistent as uh, the the first couple uh, plasma gun shots uh, hit the hull uh, and begin to kind okay. of eat away at the uh, the hull temperature is rising. You'd have that on sensors.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and Eli just says Rrr, and heads down the hall to Atticus. It's
2: classic catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. All right. So Atticus, uh, you and Cora are setting up for uh defensive actions. I think at this point, um you could uh easily kind of, like, check in with Valentine if you want, uh, given that he is also setting up choke points. But Valentine, I don't know. You're searching rooms, though, so maybe you're not, like, tactically available. Valentine's,
3: would, Valentine would be on comms, but he's given everybody orders, and right now he and Morgan are working on, like, priority one work. Mm-hmm. Survival will come for him, but the rest of the team will organize that, and then he can, like, jump over. So if he gets calmed in, yeah, he'll talk to anybody. Like, he's available, but he's also aware that, like, Eli's on the bridge and Atticus is the one checking weapons. It'd be weird for him to try to micromanage what he's not aware of. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Atticus, what
2: kind of um, defense are you trying to set up? Uh, just knocking over crates for creating cover and things like that. Um, uh,
3: uh, and sealing um, uh, doors, like disabling um, the like computer panel for opening and closing them and things like that. Yeah. Um, just making it difficult to get through the ship um creating choke points uh, he's will he's prepared to lay down his life for Valentine, so mm-hmm. he will also be staying sort of like on the front line prepared for the first wave of
2: people coming in great so um you kind of do the the base level preparations you've just outlined um and then you you hear the plasma start to slam into uh the the ship and you can tell that it's um Hitting what would be not the kind of like um, the ramp that you guys came in, uh, but it seems to be targeted on uh, what would probably be uh, like an airlock for traveling between ships. So like a polite Mm -hmm. airlock rather than, you know, a true um, extravehicular, uh, like a proper EVA heavy hatch. This one is literally like if you put one of those umbilicals between ships and popped a door, you'd be able to walk down the hallway um so think uh, like an airplane door um mm-hmm. rather than a ramp um so it's it's still sealed um but it is definitely squishier than um than the 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 full ramp that that descends and, and rises uh, and it is being pummeled um you can see the uh, uh sort of a faint glow almost appearing um which is a telltale sign of of repeated plasma fire um and i think with a quick kind of like sprint around the deck you can tell that this is going to be the breach point uh or at least the first breach point there are there are plasma hits happening elsewhere there aren't that many but there are certainly a few um so there are other points that are getting weakened but this will be the point of entry
3: okay well then that's where i'll be
2: okay um so core kind of takes a uh, position uh beside you um kind of like i think kind of doing the like uh you know over, if do you, I assume you have your shield out or are you just like, yeah, yep. I'd have my shield So out, yeah. she'll be on the other side. So leaving you plenty of room to punch um, mm-hmm. and just kind of like over your shoulder uh, with the gun to just shoot anything that isn't in, in you know, power fist range. Right. Which admittedly in a hole this small is not going to be much. Cause <laughs> you can just slam right through that. Um, do you let everyone else know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I would get on the, uh, what is it called? The micro bead?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah um and just say uh, um which side of the vessel is this on um we are Using gonna say this is on talk. starboard all right
3: uh uh he would just get on and say uh, uh, enemy plasma fire is creating a small breach on the starboard side of the vessel Interrogator Cora and myself have prepared a barricade and are ready to lay down our lives for you sir Appreciate it. At the same time, I prefer that you maintain them on an ongoing basis. Uh, create a number of fallback positions. Fall back towards the quarters where I am with Morgan. There is a psychic disturbance that undoubtedly will unsettle the foe as much as it will us. It's a great time to, shall we say, put a few holes in them for the Emperor. So, engage as we will, stay alive, fall back, cause maximum casualties for them and minimal for us. Yes, sir. Understood. Then, Eli. If you are on the bridge, uh, he's just, he's got like kicking in a door and seeing if anybody's got any cool shit in their rooms. Uh, If there's the possibility of one might say, I don't know, uh, reversing gravity, cutting it out in here, or just cutting power to this entire ship, uh, we have grav boots and they don't. So I would love it if we could try to disrupt some of the systems, maybe make things a bit more hellish for whoever's trying to shoot at us.
0: Disrupt systems on the ship, sir? We don't have that much control.
3: Oh, well... Chug it, just shoot them all. This is going to be a fun time. You know, the emperor wants things to be simple sometimes, and right now, we've practiced boarding actions for a reason.
2: Um, Valentine, can you please roll me a uh, willpower check? Uh, I'm going to say willpower and uh, discipline. Uh, Difficulty four. I'm going to give you one boost. I think for your sort of imperial conditioning. And that's it. I'm also gonna spend a story point to jack this up on my end. This is the equivalent in D&D terms of like a save, so I can't really tell you what it's for, but. Valid. One threat. Valentine, as as you say, all of this, um, like, there's a moment of of just sort of true elation that spikes through in the center of of this, um, where, for a, a horrific moment internally for you, your kind of studied, trained optimism seems to just completely give way to an actual, like, for a second, you you bought it, you actually like believed it fully believed it yourself that like oh no like this is a great day like no hint of threat no hint of the usual kind of like this is how you combat the world just for a minute you were like legitimately really happy that (laughs) these threats were about to punch through the side of the ship and that you couldn't act with things but um it passed quickly and your brain kind of self-adjusted um but it uh it, it felt not great
3: Morgan, I mean this in the most respectful way possible. Hurry up in that room. I don't think it's good for either of us psychologically.
1: Morgan's not going to respond. She's just, is she done yet? Can she leave this room? My God.
2: Uh, You're getting close. Uh, There's a lot of walls to to pull stuff down off of. Um, For some reason, you're just getting like, you've just pulled down a a montage of uh, uh, Vicodin liquor um, labels. Um, which is just super weird. It kind of feels like the things like a, you know, a teenager would peel off uh, and stick to their wall. But Inquisitor said everything. So you're just stuffing them in a bag. Um, And Valentine.
1: She she will also have um, for hovering in the door is Toby. So as soon as she gets all the stuff in this bag, she's going to have Toby carry it and then find Valentine. So that's her next plan of action.
2: Yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, Valentine um in terms of the rooms you're you're booting the door on um there's not a lot uh they seem pretty cleared out um you would say i think at a glance uh they look not looted but um efficiently cleared out the way you would if you were mo- like abandoning the ship um so you know there are things left behind but all of the things you would expect to be missing are missing um and you know, like beds are still made, drawers are closed, everything is properly kind of like closed up for flight. Um, but you're not—you're certainly not finding any like you know mummies or anything. Uh, that ilk. Fair
3: enough. Uh, does he find any bottles of booze?
2: Um, no. Okay. You can find some empty ones in like the recycling equivalents. Um, Why do you ask? Uh, he's thinking,
3: he's thinking about improvising booby traps where he's like, if he could take a couple of bolt shells and put them in a pillowcase and splash it with like some kind of amusek, then you just light it up, toss it down the hallway and you've got 10 bolt shells going off at once. Like just the ways he could rig things up as mm-hmm. like improvised grenades or other weapons with what he has. Cause he's going to be, he's a, he's a paranoid sociopath. He's going to have way more bullets than he'll ever be able to use in this mm-hmm. fight before they're on him. So any way he could rig up something yeah. dangerous.
2: Uh, honestly, it you're. You're really finding very little um, in a way that's again like for, like you can find like pencils um, and things like it's just like that level of stuff that's just people have left the occasional thing behind, but generally speaking, no, you're not you're not finding medical supplies, you're not finding you know lighters or like there's just a, a distinct it's like anything useful has been taken politely.
3: Uh, then I think what he's going to do is I'm imagining this room is towards like not the front, but the back of the ship. I'm not good with nautical terms towards the back where the engines are. If we are at the bridge for the other one, then he's just going to be breaking down bunks, getting out desks and just trying to barricade that fucking engine room. Cause if that's the, the final fallback position, they need to make like as much of a wall there as they can. So they can like run in, close it, get murdery, but hold the hull the whole way back to it. Cause the longer we can keep them, you know, barricades, so we can keep them in crazy psyker zone then fall back from there to just a position where we've got Atticus and a shield and then just fist and sword him until they can manage to kill us.
2: Cool. So just so I'm wearing, we can forget about the front and the back, and I'll tell you where this lives on the ship uh, Great. in a moment. But are you trying to set this up near the ramp you came in? Or... Because basically the way I'm imagining this ship... Um, The direction you came from, if if we ignore nautical terms entirely uh, and just use this map I'm looking at, um, from the south is the bridge of the hospital ship. So you guys were traveling north to the engine room. You arrived in the engine room to find Kanehurst's ship. You're now inside Kanehurst's ship. I think we can say Devram Narl's quarters is just kind of somewhere in the middle. So in terms of where you would like to set up your last stand and your fallback, are you trying to fall back closer to where you came from which is the bridge of Kanehurst ship, but closer to the... Because his ship is facing the same direction as the ship. You're okay. On. So to paint oh. it a, maybe a little more vague so
3: we don't have to map out the entire interior of a mm-hmm. ship. Basically, he wants to create fallback points. So if Atticus, Cora, Eli, and Kotov are falling back from combat, they can fall back to other I areas see. he's also okay. set up. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, can like yeah. double the length of the fallback Perfect. period yeah. they've got. And it would make
2: sense since the enemies came out of the north end of the ship that you don't want to be near that. So we'll yeah. say that you are basically falling back to the bridge of Kanher's ship. Perfect. Um where Eli was um, I guess the only other thing is um Valentine would you want to would you spend any time searching for Kanehurst quarters or, or are you just kind of taking whatever is close by
3: yeah, uh yeah on the way he would he would scope it out it's a mixed bag now they can't afford to die here because then they get nothing and he's got devrim stuff in a bag which is the most mm-hmm. valuable but Kanehurst is like Caners is that side quest on a mission that you're like, hmm. if I can do this in this run, I'll do it, but I don't want to risk failing yeah, the no, primary I, I goal. I agree,
2: and I think that's that's very valid. I was mostly just curious. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so let's go then, let's roll to see if you just encounter Because if you're not actively searching for it, there's a very good chance you could just miss it, and that's Yeah, yeah, fine. absolutely. Uh, and I think like true to form for, for what you're doing. So let's call this um we will honestly just take this as a perception. Um, okay. I'm gonna say difficulty of two. Um no boost, no setback for me, just a straight straight check. Yeah,
3: I think this is a straight check too, because it's not it's not his soul's quest. This was just hmm. up to fate,
2: <laughs> it happens or it doesn't. Yeah, like it's nice to open your menu and not see it anymore. <laughs> I, I would
3: like to, to rephrase because fate made a very bold play. <laughs> Two triumphs, <laughs> two okay, boosts, Jesus. and weirdly enough... Two boot... Wait, what? Two, oh, two advantage, uh, one failure. God help us all. Good luck with what? that roll, Tom. Have a nice time.
2: Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, so two triumphs, two, two advantages, advantage, one failure. and a failure.
1: <laughs> uh, 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 mm. uh,
2: how? So... That's fucking. I don't understand. This nuts. thing doesn't do totals, <laughs> but it's what I rolled. Well, no, so. I could, like, basically, there's, there's some Incredible. debate amongst the Genesis community that I'm sure someone listening to this would be able to easily solve, and it's currently screaming into their earphones, uh, like a ghost. Uh, <laughs> and I apologize in advance to you, whomever you are, because you are absolutely right, and I'm about to be probably very wrong. But as I understand it, there's basically two ways you can play, uh, Triumph and Despair in Genesis. One is that they cancel out successes and failures, the other is that they, um, they still count as triumphs, but you can basically you can still fail the check, but you get your triumphs either way. So what I'm guessing probably happened on this roll is you didn't get enough successes to to nuke all the failures, but you still have two triumphs because basically like, the emperor triumphs. himself wanted you to have some. Yeah, fun what did you to, get? to give you the run? <laughs> two triumphs, one
3: success, two <laughs> advantage, two failure. That's what was rolled.
2: Okay. All right. So then it is just not counting triumphs as successes, it's just counting them as triumphs. So, okay, um
0: I mean, Ryan, you could do something vital that changes the balance in the scene
2: yeah, honestly, <laughs> uh I don't have to dictate this to you, so Valentine, if there's something you would want to do with with a triumph, if there's something you would want to spend a triumph on if that's finding fuel and being able to like rig this place up, then we can just have that you can just have that uh, uh from kanehurst quarters frankly um
3: I, t- fuck. I thought I thought you were on it, so I didn't think. <laughs> I'm,
0: no, no, I'm <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking at this Ben chart. For, yeah, like, how L- to spend L- Laura made me question
3: like, <gasps> my usual methodologies here. No, no, no. Um, okay. I'm committed no, to the Tommy method.
2: Tommy, no, tell okay. me right, what fine. I do. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> what happened, God? You Tommy. are. Um, running past uh running past rooms um you know you can hear the 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 clanging of uh of Atticus just like dropping heavy shit um you're pulling stuff out um you have no word from Morgan which means she isn't done yet but is probably still working very hard um and uh just as you're you're passing it's almost like one of those uh, classic like movie moments where you like run past a door um and then you you sort of stop and come back uh, because one of these rooms is not like the others. Uh, and yet one of these rooms seems to like very much belong. Um, it is uh, as overdone as the carpeting and the walls. It's like a little, almost like Huntsman's room. Uh, like Gaston would have felt real comfortable in here. There's like antlers and all of the decorating. Um, <laughs> so heavily adorned walls, um, just a big wooden desk, wood paneling on the walls, green carpet, um and just a giant wingback chair, uh, that of course has like the appropriate amount of skulls and spiky bits on it to be a forty k chair, um, and like a console, uh, in very much um uh, in, in, like the inquisitor's uh office, um, and quarters. That said, it seems to have been cleared out the same way, uh, that uh everything else uh, on on board the ship has. Like everything seems to be in its place. Like the chair is like pushed into the desk, um, but uh very much abandoned. Uh, with your Triumphs, a couple things happened. One is there is a uh, a bottle of very fine, very old Amersak with a, a thin layer of dust on it um, sitting uh, corked uh, on the table, almost full. Um, and uh, next to it is just a, a single tumbler glass with a um, just like a couple fingers poured into it um, that seems to have just been sitting there. There's like a film over it and it's kind of dusty in the Amrasek, like it's, it's gross. Um, but it's clearly been kind of left out, uh, as, as, uh, something of significance. Um, if you were to guess, you would say it was a tribute of some sort, but you're not sure what or why. Um, that said, it is a full bottle of liquor that you can use to make, uh, your little bomb bags, uh, if you, if you feel so inclined, um, off of, um. Uh, off of your triumph um you have two triumphs so one is that you you get enough home alone shit or or skyfall shit to just like really uh make make the space a bad day um the other triumph uh i think i'll say is um the machinery in here is is powered down uh but a, a cursory glance around the desk with your usual level of paranoia uh, reveals a uh, a latch um, that uh, you can activate. Um, like it's almost like the um, uh, the fuel door on a car. Uh, you pop it and uh, you hear something kind of thump in the engine room, or sorry, in the uh, in the bridge. And it seems like there's probably like a bolt hole um, that uh, has has opened up on the bridge uh, that has mm-hmm. been activated from the the Inquisitor. Basically, like the Inquisitor's got like an emergency exit. Um, both from this room and from the bridge. So uh, if you guys need out in a hurry, you now have a way. Um, that's sure. awkward. It's like climbing through a manhole cover and falling out the bottom of the ship. But um, it was activated from this room. Uh, the failure is that the uh, the hull melts and things start to come through. But um, Valentine, is there anything else you want to do in this room before all hell breaks loose?
3: Uh, so there's nothing written. He's not seeing anything like that. He's got the booze. He found the latch. If he's not spotting anything, then like no, I mean he'd expect caners
2: to kind of clean this place out realistically. Yep. Um, as you pour the the cup of of Ambersick back in the bottle, so you have maximum uh, <laughs> fuel uh, on the uh, the napkin, the, the square napkin um, that is is sort of stuck to the bottom um, as a as a makeshift coaster. Um, you just see uh, one word written in kind of swirl um, sort of looping font. Um, it just says on or sorry not it's not one word, it's three words. Uh, onward and upward uh, with an exclamation mark, a jaunty exclamation mark. It's written almost in the Disney font. like just there's too many loops and it's it's uh, very very ornate, uh, but seems to have been just kind of casually scrawled on it. Um, and it is stuck to the bottom of the glass. And Valentine is gonna look at
3: that. And realize Kanehurst isn't here. They abandoned the corrupted Psyker. Clearly, they were on their way out. He's going to assume Kanehurst is somehow involved and is likely his next target. And he's just going to say, "Oh,
2: good hunting to me." Oh, uh, which is uh, an appropriate <laughs> uh, sentiment uh, to kind of have top of mind um, as the hull melts away and uh, Atticus, uh, you watch as um, scythe-like claws. Uh, begin to emerge through uh, the molten metal. You know, just yet another threat to Valentine and the Imperium just fucking waiting to get punched.
0: This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borvik at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rolls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at Delborvik.com. D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme song is "The Hordes" by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks "No Control" and "Chief" by Jazar. J A H Z Z A R. Available at FreeMusicArchive.org.
3: OMG! It's Big Nick, D and D and things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre Degatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Gillian Noel Plante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreoncom slash dice Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
1: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
3: Space Podity,
1: an actual play DD Spelljammer podcast. In Space Podity, four adventurers visit the worlds and vex the GMs of other actual play shows. Keep listening for a sneak peek and please subscribe so you don't miss the first episodes set in the campaign of the long running Dungeons and Dragons podcast.
2: Acting Captain's Log, we've crashed our flying birdbath mansion, long story. The party of groundling adventurers on board is kind and heroic, but untrusting, and is staring at me. It consists of a traumatized minotaur... You were
3: traumatized.
2: A spooky Asimov child. I'm an adult. Now. An adult Asimov child, whom I suspect to be enthralled by a hidden power and the most headstrong elf I have ever met, and that includes Rascalgar, the cataclysmically reckless from the former Roganon Zed. Sounds fun. Also, the mansion's kitchens are out of ale. How am I gonna
0: function? Space
3: Poddy, find us wherever your podcasts are.